I hate myself for sitting through that game again. It's Tate Tuesday, but first we'll talk about the Florida Gators' likely new quarterback one, Anthony Richardson, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listener of the day, available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work with amazing selection reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Center. We're going to talk about Anthony Richardson before we get into Tape Tuesday, which I know everyone's excited for Tape Tuesday from that atrocious game, but it's AR time in Gainesville now. We're looking at his season in total, not just grabbing a play from here and there, not just grabbing a game here and there. We're looking at his season in total. I'm going to start off with the stats. Um, that's not obviously the measure that we should be using to say if someone's good or bad, but that's the quickest, easiest, um, l- least in-depth way to look at it real quick. Again, not huge, but my my opinion of the tape will be after that. Uh, yeah, I'm not huge on stats, but it's something we could use a bit of for, at least in context, they're fine. Passing numbers, 20 for 36 passing, 390 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Of course, his three interceptions have come in his last couple of games. Uh, he had two this past Saturday. It was uh, it was ugly. He had, uh, I mean, he's been just a big play machine. Like He's got 26 carries, 348 yards, three rushing touchdowns. Just huge play machine. And he's the kind of guy where he's a huge play machine, whether it's good for his team or or bad for his team. He's, I'm not going to say he's Jameis Winston, but he's that similar kind of boom or bust player. He's what Josh Allen was coming out of college. He was big play or throw a pick. He's that kind of dude or throw a horrible pass. Very, very high ceiling, very, very low floor. That's the kind of player that he is. And we also know for a fact that Dan Mullen has basically said he'd play AR more if he was more reliable is the word that I'll use because, and more consistent because he pointed out there, there was a play against, I believe it was South Florida where Anthony Richardson had an 18 yard rush and Dan Mullen was like, look like, like he, that was a great play, but he missed his protection. He missed his primary read. He missed his check down. And then he ran with himself. And it's like, that's not a sustainable offense to make three mistakes on one singular play and continue picking up gains of almost 20 yards. That's not a sustainable way to approach football, and that's not a way that we're going to win games. Personally, like I, I think that he's great that he can out-athlete dudes, which is another thing that Dan Mullen was saying. We're like, hey, look, he might make some mistakes, but a lot of times he could just out-athlete people. That's also not a sustainable way of offense. We've seen him hurdle. We've seen our backup quarterback hurdle human beings. Like That's something that we've seen from them, but again – not sustainable, especially in the SEC to just out-athlete people. You're not in a, a, a G5 or D2 or whatever it may be. You're not in a smaller school program where you can get away with that kind of stuff. Like, 
if you're in the Mac, as much as I love the Mac, sure, if you've got an AR type athlete, he's just going to go Heisman, Heisman, Heisman voting for a Mac player, which isn't common, of course. But I, uh, here's the thing that's really frustrating me. AR has a bazooka attached to him, which is kind of ironic because it's not the same thing as an AR, like his nickname is, whatever. But, you know, you get it. Uh, but Dan Mullen doesn't trust this offense to throw vertically more and he should because we have a fantastic running attack challenge vertically opens up everything. Like they will help each other work out. And Anthony Richardson has a cannon attached to his arm. We saw him work perfectly, or not perfectly, but we saw him find success when throwing the ball vertically. And that's something that we have to free up this offense to do more often because it's going to work. Just take deep shots whenever you can. Like you've got a quarterback in Anthony Richardson. Like I know I've been saying, Emery is willing to throw the deep ball when he's given the opportunity. Anthony Richardson wants to throw the deep ball. That's the big difference. Emery is content throwing a deep ball. Anthony Richardson is only content throwing a deep ball. That is it. He does not want to do anything else, which, I mean, hey, if your run game's working and you're winning games, I don't give a damn how you're doing it. At this point, Anthony Richardson is probably the better option at quarterback. Uh, I get it. I have been very pro Emory Jones. I've given him every excuse, every situation. I've been like, okay, but he's Emory. He's fine. Like he's fine. He's a better option. AR has shown Anthony Richardson. I'm going to stop just calling him by his nickname. Like I'm cool with him like that. But Anthony Richardson has shown a willingness to just let it fly with reckless abandon. And at certain times, that's what we need. I know that I had a YouTube comment on yesterday's episode that was like, hey, but he was throwing against the wind. He lost a lot of velocity. That's why he threw picks. And it's like, I get that. But guess what? It's the same thing week one when he was overthrowing people with a minute left in the game. And you were like, well, it's backups. As part of being a good quarterback, you need to recognize those situations and adjust. If you've got the wind going against you as much as it was against LSU, don't take those shots. Like at that point, don't try to throw on the run while you're getting hit and think that you're going to throw a successful ball against the wind like that. If you're not going to put a little more air under it, if you're throwing a backup saying you need them and they're not as athletic as Jacob Copeland and they need to catch up to it. That's the thing you have to make an adjustment for as a quarterback. That's what Anthony Richardson has lacked. But again, that's one of those things that he's just going to get better with as he experiences these things and hopefully makes adjustments to them. I don't want to hear that he made an adjustment with anything about getting pressured and throwing a bad ball into the wind because he did it twice on Saturday. So I don't want to hear like he's, he's quick at learning any of these things, but I believe that, yeah, right now, Anthony Richardson is the better quarterback option for the Florida Gators. If we want to win some of these games, as we get down the stretch here, uh, I, I feel like it's it's worth it to throw the interceptions that he's going to throw because our offense is likely going to put up a lot more points more consistently. Um, I, I think that since we have this bye week, um, we've got, obviously, that means no game this week. We've got plenty of time. We've got plenty of content that we need. So I, I think that I'm going to watch every snap from Florida this season, and or at least offensively because I'm talking about the quarterbacks here and come back with a whole episode just about quarterbacks. Maybe I'll do it Monday or Tuesday's episode, depending on, you know, how, how I'm feeling, how quick it takes, how quick I get through it. Cause it's watching half a season of games, but uh, it, it's Anthony Richardson time in, in Gainesville. And it's, a, it's as simple as that, as much as I've been not against it, but as much as I've been kind of pushing against it for a little bit, but it's time. Like the season's essentially lost at this point. 
and we've got to figure something out with this offense. I will say big props to Emery for just handling. He's handling it similar to how Jeff Driscoll handled his benching back then when he was just like, he's going to still support his other QB. He's going to help however he can, do whatever he can. So I, I give him a lot of credit for that, but it's Anthony Richardson's time. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? If you haven't, listen to Lockdown Gators more, or I hate you, you disgust me. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, and I'm talking NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PrizePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, like Anthony Richardson, Emory Jones, Jacob Copeland, as well as the mid-major players like Bryant Kobeck, Bryce Mitchell, uh, Isaiah Winstead, players like that that you might have never even heard of any of those guys. They all play for Toledo. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron three-pointers, which you shouldn't, and the under on Mahomes rushing yards, which you can if you'd like. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop, Dogecoin, NIL, bet online, PrizePix money, whatever you do, whatever, how you, however you get your income, that ain't none of my business. Visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, even if you're as someone as useless when it comes to a vehicle as I am. I have no problem admitting that. That That's not my forte. I'm, I'm, I work in finance, dude. I'm, I can't fix a car. I'm sorry. Whether it's brake pads, taillights, or you just want to add hydraulics, fuzzy dice in a mirror, whatever it is, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Lock, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know exactly who sent you. You know how it goes. It's Tape Tuesday. We're going to take a look at two plays in each of these final two segments. First up, we're going to take a look at, it's a first quarter completion to Kimori Gamble from Emory Jones. This is not the first time we're going to see Kimori Gamble on Tape Tuesday. So yay, tight end Tape Tuesday. It's fun, baby. I'm going to start by saying this uh, just completely openly and honestly, because I'm always going to be honest with you guys. Uh, I don't have the all 22 yet, which I never do this early in the week. So that's understandable. Uh, And the broadcast angle cut off the bottom of the screen, which in this case is the far right. So I have no idea what they did. So I just kept them marking, uh, kept them standing there. So we can assume though, based on the fact that no one crosses the screen, that it's a hitch or a go route, something that's going to keep, that the receiver NDB on that side of the field out of play. I'm going to play this uh, this play for you. God, I hate how many times I just said play. But we're going to look at that. Uh, so we see Rick Wells is out wide to the left. He he runs into the quarter into the corner as if he's blocking, but then he comes back to catch it or to sell that he's going to catch a wide receiver screen here. Uh, we've got Xavier Henderson who sells that he's going to block the corner. Before he cuts upfield, Kimori Gamble gets some depth and runs the dig or the in route from the right side of the formation. He comes across the field and he gets his catch there. The defense to me looks like they're in cover one, and you're going to hear that a lot today. I think three of the four plays, they're in cover one, and the other one, they're in cover three, which is pretty similar looking uh Cover one, when you're just looking at the defense, cover one, cover three are pretty similar here. They look like they're in cover one. The DBs on the left side of the screen here had a clear miscommunication. 
like if you're watching this and you're like, why are those two yellow dots on the far left like doing a whole bunch of weird things? There's a clear miscommunication here where they both go to play the screen and then they both go to cover Xavier Henderson downfield and both leave the screen wide open. There was a, a clear miscommunication. That's one of the reasons it made it a little difficult to tell if it was cover one or cover three. Um, not having the other corner on my screen also made it a little bit difficult. So that was really fun. But uh, yeah, this is one of those plays where Emory Jones was patient. He made his reads. He uh, waited for someone to get open and he made the throw on time. He got the ball on and literally Kimura Gamble on the numbers. Uh, it was a good ball. It was one of the plays where Emory Jones won't steal the show with what he's doing. But here he makes the good read, the easy read. And I will once again point out that even though I've pointed out that the running backs are often completely abandoned in the flat and not given any attention. In this case, it was Rick Wells in the flat, just like, hello, I'm wide open because both corners ditched me to go cover Xavier Henderson. But, you know, we got we got a pretty solid gain here. It was a good play. Florida, I, I'm not even going to say this one's schemed up great. This was a clear miscommunication by LSU, a good read by Emory Jones, and it was a great play here. Uh, again, Kimura Gamble and Justin Shorter both had big days. They're both heavily involved in the passing game, as they should have been. And I think we're going to see that happen a lot more often with Anthony Richardson presumably being the starting quarterback for the remainder of the season. I'm going to play this one more time. Just I feel like Anthony Richardson is the kind of quarterback that's going to want to hit those big bodied targets, uh, which I hope he does because he's not the most accurate dude. So bigger receiver, bigger catch radius, hopefully better for this offense. Oh, man, I'm just going to click play before I even start talking about it. Uh, the next play that we're looking at is Emory Jones' second interception of the game, which if you know what I'm talking about at that point, then you know this is also the interception that got him benched, um, unfortunately. I, I don't care how many people want Emory Jones, how many people want Anthony Richardson. I'm still going to say unfortunate because it is unfortunate that someone got benched. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with that, but it was it was ugly. We've got Kimura Gamble is on the left as your tight end here. He runs a little bit of a, a, a wheel. Justin Shorter's wide on the left. He runs a dig route, which is kind of funny because we saw Kimura Gamble get a dig route completion. And then here, Justin Shorter is trying to get his turn and it was a pick. So that was really fun. And I'm saying fun because I am very sad about the way that, <laughs> about the way that this play worked out and just how this whole game went. I'm very upset from watching the game. Um, because, yeah, this is obviously a very disappointing thing to see. But, uh, yeah, it, it seems like the intention here is to cause a little bit of confusion between the DBs again, like we saw in the last play. Uh, but, again, this is much later in the game. Uh, the defense is showing cover three pre-snap, but plays cover one. You could tell they're playing cover one by the way that the corner that intercepted the pass uh, just took it completely with him the whole way. McLaughlin just just took the ball with him and just kept going and kept going and kept going. And I, I even included his little route uh, to come back because, you know, I wanted to feel this pain, but pretty much the tackling, whenever people did try tackling was atrocious. Jacob Copeland didn't even attempt to chase him down. Um, it, it, it was ugly on the right side of the field. We have Jacob Copeland and we have Xavier Henderson and they, you know, like, like 
uh, Xavier Henderson runs an in route. Jacob Copeland runs, runs a little corner, and he goes over there. and And it's it's a fine play. The deep the deep safety is just watching for the most part, and then the corner just makes the play on his own. It was a terrible play in every possible act in every possible aspect of the game. Uh, I get having faith in your receiver to make a play, like I mentioned, Anthony Richardson throwing to bigger receivers because they have bigger catch radiuses. They're more likely to catch the inaccurate balls, whatever. But Emory Jones didn't even give Justin Shorter a chance here. It was just, it was so frustrating to watch. And I'm, as, as you can tell, I'm very upset that I had to watch it as many times as I have had to watch it. Um, yeah, it, it was clear that LSU, like many teams before, honestly, which I realize I've never really spoken about, but I've realized through, through, through uh, going through tape Tuesday, how many times I've mentioned cover one, it seems that LSU, like many other teams are, perfectly fine running cover one, trying to get a little bit of pressure or whatever, but just trusting their corners to make these plays because I mean, Florida has shown consistently that you can play cover one and find success because our offense isn't super uh, complex and they don't take a lot of shots deep down the field to put these corners in one-on-one situations. And it's just, it's just bad. Like they, they are forcing Emory Jones to make these man-to-man reads and he, consistently makes this mistake because his processing his processing speed is just so slow that's been his thing his processing speed is so slow and anthony richardson's thing has been you know he could process things fine but his arm is just so inaccurate and he makes so many bad decisions that that's that's the issue here but you know you play cover one emory jones is bound to make a mistake like he did here this one went to the house and i mean yeah, it, it led to Emory's benching. We still don't know for sure who's going to be the starting quarterback. We've got plenty of time before figuring it out. But, I mean, if you're going to make plays like this, you might as well play the younger guy and let him get some get, let him get some meaningful snaps as the season ends. Uh, although I will also say it's kind of like feeding him to the dogs. Mm, hate that I said that. But to throw him against Georgia right away is feeding him to the dogs, essentially. I hate that they're called the Georgia Bulldogs, and I'm using that saying. But I am sad watching this. Uh, I will let you know that. And I I can't wait to move on because the second part of Tape Tuesday here is, is the fun part. We get to see Anthony Richardson's 33-yard touchdown to Jacob Copeland. Anthony Richardson's second drive of the second half had a uh, 38-yard gain to Kimori Gamble that we're going to see next this is going to be fun, at least to wrap up the show, because I, after watching this, I was like, there is no way I'm watching another pick and breaking down another pick. But I, I can't wait for the second half of uh, of Tape Tuesday, because at least that's fun and positive. All right, I'm just going to say a big thank you to Sweatblock, because on Saturday, I was, I, my heart was I, was, I was out here. I was going through it for the entirety of the game. Travis Johnson laid a nice hit, and I was like, wow, I was screaming. I usually don't do that, but I hate LSU. So I, I was out here sweating, but thank thank goodness for sweat block because sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. I wouldn't know. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, wake up, and then shower, and bam, you can go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. And I know that sounds too good to be true, Trust me, I know it sounds too good to be true, but I only have to use sweat block once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. Use promo code locked on that is L O C K E D no space O N to get 20% off at sweatblock.com, or you can get it at Amazon where it is a top seller or CVS.
like I said, now it's time to take a look at this second half of Tape Tuesday. Well, third segment, but second half of the Tape Tuesday part. You get the drift. You get it. Um, but first up, we're going to take a look at Anthony Richardson's 33-yard touchdown to Jacob Copeland, which I realized the last play also is like very far to one side. Uh, and on the field here, you can see the hashes don't really line up. That is because the hashes in college football are significantly wider than the NFL, and it's an NFL field that we use on the play designer. So that's why that is. But we've got tight bunch set on the left, on the right side of the field, but the tight bunch set is on the left side of the formation. Uh, Jacob Copeland is the isolated receiver on the right side. And here's where I'm saying LSU is in cover three. Just based on how they defend the bunch on that left side, which, again, if you want to play man against bunch, it, it's it's pretty difficult at times. Um, not going to lie to you. That's why Mabel is the opposite of cover three on the bunch side and cover one on the uh, singular side. But yeah, that's what we're looking at. That's off track. But Jacob Copeland here, you can see I put the little the little cut back here. Uh, his stop and go completely froze the DB and just gave him just enough space that he needed because really like this wasn't, uh, I mean, it was an uncontested catch, but it wasn't an uncovered route. Uh, it was uncontested in the way that Jacob Copeland was staring back for 10 yards, just waiting for the ball, and then the DB never turned his head to make a play. Anthony Richardson got Jacob Copeland right on the numbers. It, it was great. It was a good job by Anthony Richardson to be patient and wait for things to develop because had he pulled the trigger here a little too early, this is cover three. If he pulls it a little too early, that deep safety can, one, either make a play on the ball or two, tackle Jacob Copeland before he can make the catch. But we've got that little under route coming here across the formation here out of, out of the bunch set. We've got the dig route coming, and the safety kind of has to respect that a bit, and that gives Anthony Richardson enough time to get the ball to Jacob Copeland after he froze the corner on the little uh, stop and go. So this was just fantastic play by Anthony Richardson. This is what I'm talking about when I say the highest of highs versus the lowest of lows. This is the highest of highs bit that we're talking about. It was just fantastic. Anthony Richardson didn't really look to the left of the side of the field at all here. He saw Jacob Copeland get that little stutter and he was essentially just waiting for Cope to, you know, just, just to get in the end zone. And Anthony Richardson put it right in the bucket. It was a great play. Running back again, open in the flat. Uh, again, when I say running backs open in the flat, they are open in the flat to catch the ball, and they're fantastic at making a play with the ball in their hands already. That's why I don't care that there's a defender 10 yards off of them because I expect them to make a play and make a man miss. But this was, again, sorry, that was off track. But we're just going to look at this one more time. It was a great play deep down the sideline. Jacob Copeland, great catch, and – Assuming Anthony Richardson is going to be our starting quarterback for the foreseeable future, uh, I'd expect guys like Jacob Copeland to have a lot bigger uh, impacts on the game because they get to ch like Jacob Copeland gets a challenge deep downfield and just make a play on the ball with the defender essentially trailing him because he's either faster than most guys or he can freeze them up with stop and goes like this. And again, stop and goes for our offense are fantastic because we have so many times where our receivers just run curls or hitches, whatever you want to call them. But we have so many times where our receivers do that, where stop and goes have to be respected and can be completely, uh, or you can completely exploit a defense with them. Looking at this last play now, we've got a third down play from Anthony Richardson's second full drive as a starting quarterback or as QB1, whatever. His second full drive as the quarterback for the Gators here uh, of the second half. 
We've got Jacob Copen and Xavier Henderson stacked up on the right side. Justin Shorter is on the left. Kimori Gamble is uh, the tight left here. We have got Naquan Wright in the backfield. And I'm, I, this is like not something that's super important, but I'm going to point out here, again, this is a very far left side of the field kind of thing because the hash marks in college football. But I even included it in here just because I wanted to point it out. But you could see Naquan Wright is offset next to Anthony Richardson. He's not directly to his left. And that's something that was a little weird to me. It's not, or not even weird, just it was a fun thing to see. Uh, because if you watch Florida, oftentimes our running backs are directly to the left or directly to the right of the quarterback. Here we saw them go a little bit offset. And that's, again, not a huge thing to point out. It's just something that I've noticed and something that I was like, oh, that, that that's weird. Like we don't usually see that from Florida. So that's a fun thing to see. I don't know if you care about that, but it, it's something that you know now. Um, I think this is cover one based on how the linebacker on the left side here just runs directly to Naquan right. Uh, and the corner on the left runs directly with Justin Shorter. The safety runs directly to Kimori Gamble. However, uh, the safety does overshoot Kimori Gamble, which I'll, I'll get to. But on the right side, I wanted to point out we've got Jacob Copeland and Xavier Henderson. Copeland just runs straight at the corner that is pressed up on them because, uh, again, they're they're stacked up. So Cope just runs straight at the corner that's pressed up. Xavier Henderson runs a little bit of a bubble here, and he's just waiting for that. So they've got that screen if they want to take it. But, again, with what happened defensively on the left side of the field, we had two people. I mean, I don't know if the linebacker or the safety was supposed to have Kimura Gamble but they both overshot and went like towards the flat. So I, I'm assuming there was a miscommunication there of some sort. And Kimori Gamble then had the wide open uh, quick catch right up the seam, which was fantastic. Anthony Richardson, just easy, easy, easy pitch and catch to Kimori Gamble. Kimori then picks up another 28 yards after the catch, which is fantastic because we don't really get to see him work in space often. He didn't even work in like he just, outran people for a little bit before he ultimately got pushed out of bounds. Uh, Outs on this play were meant to be pushed downfield. You can see that uh, of course we had the bubble on the right side which is not part of the part that was supposed to be pushed downfield but Xavier Henderson and Kimura Gamble were both just running straight. Uh, well vertically they were challenging. They did cut it up a little bit to the left again but uh, yeah this is meant to be challenged vertically downfield. That was the goal here. That was what successfully happened. This is more of the stuff that we need to see from the Florida Gators throughout the whole game, not just when we're down and not just when we're in a shootout. But plays like this is how Florida can not be SE champions this year, mm -mm. not be national champions this year, mm -mm. not be near the top of the SEC this year, mm -mm. but it's how they can make the most of the rest of their season. And hopefully next season, Dan Mullen will realize oh, we should probably challenge vertically. That'd be a really good idea considering the team that we have and like the personnel that we have. That'd be a really smart idea because we have a lot of athletes from the state of Florida. So that's probably what we should do. I will point out again, though, Nikon Wright was again open in the flat. He had some space, whatever. That's not a huge thing that I care about. In this case, it was a big play. It worked out and it was a wide open ball to throw. So I, I'm not going to fault anybody for anything, especially on this play. It was very easy. But it's just something to point out that happens very often with this offense. Defenses just don't respect our running backs. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. Tomorrow, um, I'm going to have a guest, whether it's the player that I've been trying to set up an interview with or someone in the media that I'm looking forward to speaking to. 
the, the, we're going to have a guest at some point tomorrow. Maybe the whole episode. We'll see. It depends on which guest I get, but it'll be fun. Now make your second listen locked on SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon, and you can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And be sure to check out my pin tweet, Let Locked On Know Why Gator Nation Has the Best Fan Base in College Football. And remember, no matter the weather, 